Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil in the pale Inconceivable! Cowabunga! I thought this was a party! It's two Mosques and a podcast. With Eric and Jeff. Ladies and gents, welcome to Two Nerdskis and a Podcast, the one show where two nerdskis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. And as always, of course, I am one of your nerdskis, Eric, and welcome to another fine Saturday special here at the show. And today, it is part three of the Reese special. Now, um, in case anyone here is just joining this and has no idea what the Reese special is all about, essentially... Long story short, um, we had a long four-hour conversation with our buddy Reese that we recorded all the way back in January of 2021 as of this recording, so that was like several months ago, and so um, there was no way I was going to like put it up all at once, and so here is another fine part. Uh, in the previous two parts, we got to know Reese and a little bit of like how me and Jeff got to know Reese. Um talking about several different topics and then last previous installment part two um we talked about star wars and that lasted quite a long time and jeff excuse me really had a (laughs) really had a lot to say there so um here it's time to talk about religion and video games odd combination i know but it is what it is so um here is part three of the re-special I'll check back with you guys in later. So here it is. Please enjoy. Um. So, anyways, I learned about Jehovah's Witness in Scientology. <laughs> All right, oh, we're, we're going there. We're going oh, there. I'm like, I'm, start, I'm like, we should. I'm like, let's let's bring it back to reality for a bit. I'm like, let's talk about let's talk about some real shit, shall we? Uh, I can't talk about politics, but I can talk about the next best thing. Um. <laughs> I how surprised were you guys when it was revealed that Chris Stuckman came out as a Jehovah's ex Jehovah's Witness? Um, did not suspect that in the slightest. Never. Expected. I so I. It's uh. I mean that wasn't the first thing that would have come to my to my head, but when you watch some of his older videos, you you can tell that he is a lot more timid and a little more restrained by what he wants to say. Yeah. Because the elders. Yeah. But you know, I always kind of took it as, okay, you know, he's just a shy, awkward guy, but him coming out and saying, you know, or, you know, giving his story, it's, uh, it explains everything. And I've, uh, I don't know. Like, have you guys ever known anyone who's a Jehovah's Witness? I yes, actually know. I, uh, yeah. Well, like, yeah. Why don't you my, say? Why don't you tell your first Reese? Yeah, I was gonna say. So w- watching that video was actually like very like I related to that a lot because my uh, my grandma actually was an ex Jehovah's Witness, and while I was never you know really a part of that, you know, you know before you she indoctrinated passed, into it. Yeah, 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 that wasn't really a part of my life at all. That was specifically her and, you know, her family growing up. 
yeah, before she, you know, before she passed away, you know, she, you know, she would tell me about stories about like this and, you know, how like, you know, her mom disowned her and like how she hasn't spoken to her family in Montana for years and stuff like that. And so I, and so I, so I didn't really know about the extent of like, you know, how they went in like Chris's direction with his YouTube channel. But like I, I had, but like I had an awareness of, you know, you know, the cult like mentality behind it and how, you know, how they pretty much function by putting you, they basically function by making you as an individual fear of losing the ones you love. Weirdly enough, it's related to Star Wars and the fall of Anakin, weirdly enough. But, um, but yeah. I know. Uh, oh, geez. Back to Star Wars again. <laughs> everything everything <laughs> goes back hour to Star, on Star Wars. Wars. Get with the here we are again. I mean, I mean, we can talk about Benchwarmers if you'd like. Uh, oh, oh, I'm down. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so I... I can't say who, but because I don't want to like, because that's their, that's their life. I don't want to like intrude on, but I, I don't think they were fully in, I don't think they were truly indoctrinated. I know they're at least one of their parents is still a devout Jehovah's witness. And I know they're not part of it because I've celebrated with Christmas with this person at least three or four times on occasion. But uh, here's another creepy thing I just realized. So my roommate just pointed out to me that, a minute within a minute walking distance, there's a kingdom hall, and I literally freak and I literally got disgusted. <laughs> I was like, I literally felt uncomfortable realizing that we have a kingdom hall. Of luckily, it got closed because of the pandemic, but like, uh, the fact that there, the fact that, oh my god, ugh, because be you live in LA, it, so you live in like the heart of like, you know, I live in the heart of Scientology's <laughs> country, dude, and let me get into that too. But so, anyways. Because of watching Chris, so like, so because of watching Chris Stuckman's video, see, he also he recommended like two things to watch. There's a movie called Apostasy, which is about the life of the 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 life in the eyes of a actual Jehovah's Witness. Well, no, it's it's like a fictional account of a Jehovah's Witness life. And then apparently, so Leah Remini's show Scientology in the Aftermath, they had a special on Jehovah's Witness, and I watched that episode, and I'm like, fuck this is brutal because apparently so are you guys so there's a thing called a two witness rule so in order to report a crime within jovis witness you have to have two witnesses or two or three witnesses to prove that this injustice happened so if you were raped you cannot just say i was raped you had to have at least two people there with you saying oh yeah he they got raped and what how the and like how often does that fucking happen I just want to point out. Also, there's a lot of child abuse goes on in there. Uh, the idea oh, yeah. of conditional love. Like, I'm pretty sure sh- most religions I know are pretty unconditional with their love. Like, no matter how fucked up you've got, they're like willing to accept you and willing to give you a second chance. It's unconditional. It's like Jehovah's Witness in Scientology. The moment you fucking disagree with anything, they are like, there's this fellowship. You're put on trial, which- basically. You're put, yeah, you're it's dif, you're disfellowshipped, meaning your whole family or friends can will never are not allowed to speak to you ever again. It's like you don't ever exist. Also, they're very homophobic. Apparently, um, they also believe in uh, they also believe in the classic tradition of oh yeah, a woman must submit to their man. So bitch, get in there and make me a sandwich. That kind of mentality. Um, and then you have you also have also apparently no blood transfusions because. The idea is it goes, it breaks it, it breaks the rule of like trying to, 
achieve long lasting life, but like because of the Armageddon, then um, you will live after post that. I don't know. This doesn't make any fucking sense. The point is, is because of that special, I started watching Leah Remini's show and then I watched the HBO documentary going clear and I'm just, Oh, I am so, I mean, I already knew that Scientology was already like pretty messed up as it was. I mean, the running joke, when I was working at a movie theater in Hollywood is that the whole entire like city is run by Scientologists. <laughs> um, but a fun fact. So I used to drive. So uh, I used to, so when I used to work at that movie theater that I worked in, um, I would take a shortcut from the freeway. I would go, it was off Ivar street and Hollywood. And on the corner of Ivar and Hollywood, there's what's called the L Ron Hubbard life exhibition. Ah. And, and oh god okay first of all very i'm pretty while well, having watched the documentary going clear and what i've learned from watching leah remini's show it sounds like first of all from what i understand it sounded like l ron hubbard really should have just stuck to writing science fiction and even then from what i understand he was not a very good writer but and then also it's very apparent that he was very much a womanizing asshole very abusive to uh women and shit very abusive to his wives like he um, he very much distrusted psychiatry and whatnot. So basically he took all of his life philosophies and created Dianetics and Dianetics alone. Um, is, ugh. and then, and then like there's the C organization, which is like the fraternity main elite chapter. And like, and, and like the whole idea is to like save the planet, but in all honesty, to save the planet, you must rip apart family members. Um, you also have to make them do manual labor. Also the high main executives, uh, if, if they disagree with David Miscavige, they're put into the hole, which is this thing, which is like this, like it's almost like some sort of like isolationist, like chamber, which is made up of two trailers. Jesus Christ. The shit that goes on in this church is fucking atrocious. Same thing with Jehovah's witness. I'm very appalled by this. Um, this yeah, is it's, like, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking insane. Actually. Like, I mean, yeah. you watched the documentary too, right? Reese HBO. Yeah, I, 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 didn't get, I didn't get a chance. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it, but I, but I've seen it before and it's like, you know, the stuff you learn, like it, like it feels it appropriately enough. It feels like you're watching a Hollywood movie, like the shit that goes on in there, but it's like, no, it's something that like actually happens like right there in like this hugely populated city. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely fucking insane. Like, I, like I remember there was one part where they were talking about like one of the punishments that would they, that would be yeah that they would make people do, and it was like brush. It was like cleaning out bathrooms with a toothbrush and then making them like actually brush their teeth with it. And it's like, oh Jesus, yeah, yeah. there's that too. And then the, and then the idea, and then unfortunately, like you know, you have all these people who are so devoted to Scientology and Jehovah's Witness, and um, there are these people who want to leave, but unfortunately, but they also have to face the realization that they may never speak to these people ever again, because these people are so they've been so brainwashed into this mindset and they believe that, you know, if, if they don't believe in it, they're the enemy. And it, it's so, these are not religions. These are fucking cults and cult mentality yeah. is, I don't understand. I mean, you could argue that most religions are cults, but at least with, at least with most Christianity, I've always felt, I've always, at least they've always been like, look, if you want to leave, you can, you can always come back. You know, you're, you have a crisis of faith, at least when you, at least like, you know, a priest will try and help you out and whatnot. They'll try and give you some sort of support basis. Um, I mean, 
I mean, obviously I'll use an example in the TV show of like one of our favorite TV shows that Reese and I loved is Daredevil. And then, you know, Matt say that. Murdoch is a, well, he's a, but he's a devout Catholic and, you know, yeah. he, he looks up to, he looks up to, you know, you know, God and his faith as, you know, as a moral set, as a moral like standard or a moral conscience. The, the truth of the matter is, you know, people need faith, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, I don't even need to go it. to a TV show. Like I can, I mean, I could just look at real life, you know, like the vast majority of my friends are pretty religious. Some of them more devout than others, but like, I know they're not going to like turn a blind eye on someone just because they have different interpretations of faith or don't have a faith. Altogether. Exactly. That's real religion. Scientology and Jehovah's witnesses. That's not real, real religion. That's fucking, that's a cult mentality to call themselves religion is an insult to all religion, in my opinion. Like, yeah, it, it, it's the whole "you're either with us or you're against us." It's kind of like it's kind of like I'm. I'll fucking I'll fucking use it. It's kind of like Tyler Durden, <laughs> fucking Fight Club. It's like it's like you get with the program. Do not fuck with us. Um, with the whole Project Mayhem shit and whatnot, that was a very cult mentality in that movie too. But. Uh, I, it, it's pretty much the spawn of my love-hate relationship with Tom Cruise. Like the man is genuinely talented, but like he's also like the face. He's of, also like, bad shit. I mean, like yeah. he's bad shit nuts. And then, by the way, I learned that. So, like in the documentary, like John Travolta's former like publicist or you know like assistant, like she's a Scientologist. She's put in like what's called the Rehabilitation Project Force, aka you know their kind of prison or you know like rehabilitation prison or whatnot and she's made to do atrocious things and apparently john you know john travolta she eventually escaped but john travolta you know apparently found out but the reason he hasn't escaped because it sounds like the church might have shit on him and that's why he can't leave whereas like david miss here's what's really messed up is that at one point tom cruise almost did leave scientology and you have to and you we almost have we have nicole kidman for almost we're almost letting that happen because it sounded like he was really, it sounded like he was really getting into her. But the problem is David Miscavige wanted his cash cow back. He wanted his, he wanted his golden boy back the pro. So her father uh, in Australia, Nicole Kidman, her father, I found out was a psychologist or a psychiatrist, either one of the two. And you know, that's like the devil's, that's like the devil's magic according to fucking Scientology. So they're trying to use that against her and like, some and then they send in their best people to get Tom back into the religion. Do you know what's the worst part of this? They got their fuck they got Tom to get full custody of their children and now they're fully indoctrinated in the Scientology. What fucking organization does that? Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of stuff like that. Like I think uh fucking we were talking about that 70s show, um Danny Masterson who plays Stephen Hyde, you know, he's like fully him and Lauren Prepon, apparent Laura Prepon. Both oh, that's unfortunate. Two. I didn't know she, she was she, in it too. She's a Scientologist. Yeah, what she is. And I think it's because I think it's because of Tom Cruise. Because I think she, I think he might have. They, I think they did date at one point, and it's because of him that she got into Scientology. Ah, oh, fuck. I know it's really messed up, right? Ah, uh, I mean, because I mean, let me ask you this. Do you think it's still possible for, I mean, it, it's, it, it seems like Tom might be too far gone, but do you think he could, do you think it's possible that he could eventually turn around and be like, no, Scientology is a joke? I mean, I, I mean, I, 
I don't know because, you know, because in the end, we're just speculating and we don't really know the ins and outs of of his personal life. Like, we don't know if if he like if he's actually trying if he wants to step away or if he's if he's forced to be in this or he actually, you know, actually believes in this shit. Like, we don't really know. Yeah. And I mean, like you, you, everyone remembers that infamous like, like argument he had with Matt Lauer on the Today Show about psychiatry and whatnot, and that was that was pretty disturbing to say the least. Well, at least like at least with uh, with Tom Cruise, I mean, all it as much as I don't like Scientology, I mean, if I'm being real, I'll take I'll take a celebrity that's being. Uh, that keeps their kooky religion privated as much as possible over a celebrity spouting their their echo chamber politics day in and day out. I mean, this is yeah, that's true. Because I mean, every, it seems like every day I'm on Twitter, like most of the celebrities I follow get the Twitter. fuck off Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too in there at this point. I I mean, I don't post. I just look. Oh, dude, I've I've been off social Eric. media. I've been Eric, off social media all month and I feel fantastic. What are you trying to Eric, say, Reese? Eric, you need to follow me on Twitter. Get I do follow you on Twitter. I do follow you on Twitter. What are you talking about? I do follow you. I didn't even know that. You gotta post more then. Don't don't be a lurker, my dude. I don't I don't very I don't well I don't very mo- I don't really post on social media these days to begin with, because just like it's almost anything I say these days and everyone's just like, fuck you. That's what Whee! it sounds like. Just but I mean, anyway, speaking of celebrities, there is one. You'll 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 get you'll only get into like sixty fights as opposed to sixty thousand fights. Don't worry. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, in that case. <laughs> Anyways, there is one celebrity I wanted to talk about that did escape Scientology. I mean, aside from Leah Remini, there is um, Paul Haggis. He had a very. I mean, I haven't read his letter, but apparently he wrote a very impassioned letter that basically talking about. It. Well, he wrote a very impassioned letter to like twenty five people essentially it was his resignation they all told him to try and they all told him to rip it up and he's like fuck you that's not happening and so um it got posted he posted it to he got he sent it to marty ratburn ratburn uh one of the former ex-executives of scientology and like he posted it on his blog and eventually it got eventually like 600 <laughs> newspapers around the world picked it up or news outlets but i just wanted to briefly talk about paul haggis because i saw some of his credits and i'm like Holy fuck. So first of all, uh, Paul Haggis, his most famous work is the movie Crash. Like he wrote it, directed and produced it. And that movie got him that the Oscar. That won an Academy Award, didn't it, for Best Picture? It did. That got the Oscar. And I, I, from what I understand, I've heard that is considered the worst winner to win Best Picture. I, um, I think that movie is such a piece of shit. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, haven't I, it so I, no I, I mean, I remember watching bits and pieces it here and there on TV whenever my mom watched it, but I never... I never really understood it's, that. It's so it's one of those Oscar Beatty self indulging kind kind of movies. Mm. But um, here are some of the movies that he's done. So he did Million Dollar Baby. Um, he wrote the okay. screenplay and he produced it. He did Flags of Our Fathers. He did Letters from Iwo Jima. He was a writer and producer in that. He wrote Casino Royale. Damn. Oh, followed Damn. by Quantum of Solace. Uh, oh, uh, Andy also and he was an uncredited writer. He was an uncredited rewrite on Terminator Salvation. 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, it could, you know what? Could could have been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been dark fate. Apparently, he co-wrote. I didn't know this, but apparently, he co-wrote uh, Modern Warfare Three, the video game. Um, That's interesting. But here's what I want to discuss. He wrote, in my opinion, he helped co-create, in my opinion, one of the greatest television shows. No, it is the greatest television show ever made. And that is Walker, Texas Ranger. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I was so surprised to find out that he teamed up with Chuck Norris to give me some of the greatest television I have ever witnessed because it's fucking magical, that show. And if whoever says that that show sucks, I will fight you to the fucking grave. That show is amazing. It is magical. No one gives a shit about the plot. All I give, all I give a shit about is some is the ridiculousness, the moments that are eventually seen on uh, Conan pulling the lever, <laughs> the Walker Texas Ranger lever, and of course, fucking a roundhouse kick to the face every time. That's how you fucking do Walker Texas See, Ranger. What, how I feel I about Walker Texas Ranger is how you fuckers feel about bench warmers, <laughs> dumbasses. <laughs> Aren't they making a new never, world walker walker? It stars Jared. So yeah, so Supernatural recently ended with season fifteen, and um, Jared Padalecki is playing the new Walker. And from what I there, I just saw the as Jeff was going on his first is going on his at least thirty minute rant on Star Wars. I saw that a first review came out, and apparently it's just as cheesy as the original show. <laughs> I mean, it's on so, the CW, so I'm not I'm not too surprised. No, no there's no high hopes. For, no, there's no high hopes for that. It'll yeah, be when's the, it'll be like rush, it'll be like what they did with Rush Hour, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of treating it like, like uh, I think of the way you describe it. It's kind of like how I treated the Save by the Bell uh, reboot because Save by the Save by the Bell is my ultimate guilty pleasure show. But At the moment that's I, a continuation of the original series, like the uh, but the moment I saw the trailer for the new one, I I died a little inside. Why? Because you're expecting it to be a little bit more hokey like the original series was? It's one of those sh- shows that it it constantly makes fun of itself. Mm. And the difference is, is that Saved by the Bell embraced that shit. It embraced its stupidity, its cliches, and its cheesiness. And that's what made it charming. And... You and this new one, it's uh, it, like, like th- this new show just keeps trying to meme itself. And yeah. it's it's so disingenuous. Well, what I want to say before is when I I just say I've never actually seen Walker Texas Rangers, so like all I know is like Chuck Norris is in it, and like you know he kicks people. But like whenever I hear Walker Texas Ranger, the first thing I ever I think about is uh, Ricky Bobby's kids in Talladega Nights. Walker and Talladega Nights. I forgot about that. Mama, go ape shit on your ass. It's not the same movie where they say that Highlander's the greatest movie ever made. Yes. <laughs> and me and Jeff just did an episode with Galen about that shit. Oh man. That dude, that discussion with Galen about Highlander was was so great. And by the way, um, yes, Jeff, he and I are gonna do a separate episode on Highlander, the franchise itself. Uh, that's all you, man. <laughs> um but yeah, Paul Haggis. Uh I didn't had no idea he he went from Walker, Texas Ranger to crash and also being a Scientologist. Apparently what I think what ultimately made him leave Scientology is because two of his daughters are gay. And apparently in Dianetics, it says that um, lesbianism and um, 
homosexuality are are like are like super bad and that only l ron hubbard can teach you the ways of how to cure that shit in l ron hubbard's ways but oh man by the way can we just mention how okay you know you know how most religions are very tax exempt did anyone know about this that i did not know this but apparently yeah yeah that yeah in 93 apparently the irs gave in and recognize it as a religion to which i'm like that's a fucking mistake because it's very clear that they are not using those resources correctly same year i was born so sorry y'all but if it makes I mean, you I was feel born better, in 93 i was born in 93 as well but that was if it like, makes you feel better that's also the year doom came out so you know hey you know perfectly balanced the game, uh, at least that at least that's a plus it's also the year that power rangers came out coincidentally there you go <laughs> um but yeah no dude yeah like you know, it's crazy too. So the movie theater I worked on, it was the Arclight off Hollywood. It was down on, it was on sunset in Hollywood and down the street on L Ron Hubbard way was the church. And sometimes I would drive by it to drop some people, some drop some friends off from work. And I would just drive by it and I just felt, I just remember feeling really uncomfortable driving by that place too. Like something uh-huh. about that place, something about that place alone is just, it's exactly how I feel about, sorry, excuse me. It's exactly how I feel about the kingdom hall, like right up the corner from me, but that's, just, ugh, it, it's, I used to, I used to work by a cult and now I live by a cult. Uh, this is, I don't know how, I don't know what kind of message my life has said to me, but yeah. I don't know, man. Speaking. Hmm. I'll go with video games. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. You did mention that. So, um, Therese, what was your favorite video game of last year? Don't say Last of Us Part Two. I have, I have, I don't have a PS4, so I haven't played it. So, um, but what was but, your favorite um, game of last year? So yeah, so so I want to talk about a bunch of. So the the way that I play games is I usually I rarely ever get games the year they come out. I usually like wait for them to go on sale, and so I'm usually like playing a game like three or four years after it came out, and then discovering it, and then going ape shit over it if it's like really good with with a few exceptions my, my my game of the year was of course you know doom eternal that's like my second favorite series of all time and i think doom eternal is just an incredible game it's one of the most fun games to just move around in it's like it's like basically if you took like um an action combo heavy game like bayonetta or devil may cry or something like that and you put it into a first person shooter and you also give it like the best fucking soundtrack of all time. And that's basically Doom Eternal in a nutshell. And it's just so much fun to play. Um, and it's basically, it's all based, it's it's all momentum-based combat. You know, the more you move and the more you feel good moving, the better you're probably doing. And uh-huh. so, and, and at the end of the day, I play video games to have fun. And the more fun I'm having, the better the better game is. I know, ama- I know, incredible incredible dissection there but that's actually not what i really wanted to talk about despite that that's my game of the year um there's two other games that i also that i also played that i really want to talk about and eric you're gonna hate me for a bit because i i'm going back into star wars land and i know you want to get off that but i have to well hold on is it well hold on though is it star wars fallen order because that game's fucking great it it is in fact jedi fallen order I, i played both that as well as star wars squadrons um Squadron, Squadrons is okay, but it's clear that that's it. You're supposed to play that in VR. It's okay out of VR, mm-hmm. but obviously, I don't have a VR headset, so I can't. Well, really I would comment. say that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's like the because the first time. Well, that game came out in 2019, but yeah, um, 
for me that for the first time in a long time, I really enjoyed playing a Star Wars game. I mean, yeah. that's not to say I didn't like playing episode Battle for Front Two, um, both the original and the new version. But there's something about playing this game alone that made me feel like playing Star Wars again. I mean, I I I had no internet for a day, so I had to. So I basically beat that game in a day. <laughs> so oh, that's how wow. long that game that's I, I how long i beat it i didn't um, try through it like that but then again i um i fully explored all the areas and 100 percent of it i didn't just rush i still it, need, so. there are some areas i'm still missing that i'm probably that i need 100 percent because i haven't there's only one planet i have 100 percent in and that's like that's like the Zepho, like, like the, the first starting planet. one yeah yeah, yeah it's like the starting yeah. planet yeah that's the, the one i fully 100 percented uh, there's like weird areas that i have I, I feel like i've explored all the areas but it said i have not i've only got like 90 percent on certain places and i'm like that's bullshit i know i got this far uh-huh. um but yeah so i'm not by so the I'm way not going to, or go on sorry well i was just gonna say but what i really like was the combat i mean you really you can't just like button mash it really makes you kind of like have to strategize and whatnot um it gets frustrating at a point but then you realize this is this is like this is how you have to you really have to strategize because um otherwise you're gonna get fucked in the ass literally um but, i don't but, i don't remember yeah. any fucking i don't remember any enemies that literally well, try to fuck you you're playing a different game my it's to do, but my <laughs> but my point is is that like i really like how the gameplay is in that game um is that a I, I also like the story quite a bit um I, if anything i was Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't want to go into story spoilers just because Jeff hasn't played it, and I know he's interested in playing it, so I want to avoid. This is the one time where I do want to avoid spoilers on that front. But yeah, I mean, I I do have the game right now, but I'm like twenty percent through, and I've I've kind of been slacking. Okay, so I I definitely need to I need to finish it up. But yeah, no, I I really did. I'm actually so um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to, cause I have the, I'm going to get the game. I have the game and, um, well, obviously I do, but I'm probably going to go new game plus it at some point for sure. But, um, but yeah, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed playing this game. I'm really kind of, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Lucasfilm games does. Cause I know mm-hmm. EA will still create games, but I mean, but they don't, now, they don't have the exclusivity anymore. They don't have the exclusive right. Yes. So now, cause I'm really oh looking God. forward to seeing because I'm really looking forward to seeing how Ubisoft does an open world game and how that's going to go I, out. Like, I'll be honest, I don't give a shit about. I I hate Ubisoft open world games. They're all the same. So that was like that was like the most boring like whatever announcement ever. Like, oh, another Ubisoft open world games where you're going to be climbing towers to open up maps with the the map littered with shit side quests that are all the same. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll, it'll surprise me, but. I am real- I, I I am legitimately curious about the uh, about the Indiana Jones game. Game I that am, I, I am genuinely I am genuinely hyped for that game because it's so. But that I don't care so much about Bethesda. I more so care about the studios that Bethesda owns. Te- technically, Microsoft now, but um, but Machine Games. So they're the guys that did um that did the recent Wolfenstein reboots, which are fucking fantastic. If you haven't like if you like first person shooters. Like I highly recommend playing Wolfenstein, the New Order, and the New Colossus. I personally prefer New Order. Some people like New Colossus better. They're both fantastic. They're both fantastic games, though. Not just mechanically, but also uh, narrative-wise um, and character development-wise. And seeing machine games, uh, you know, with the talent that they have, 
I'm really excited to see what kind of character that they give uh, to Indy. And, and I'm also curious to see what the gameplay is going to be like, because I assume it's not going to be like a first person shooter. I am. I'm, I'm not, and I, I don't know what direction it's going to take, but like, I'm, you know, I'm curious to say I'm curious, like curious is the only word that comes to mind, but I also doesn't feel like that serves it justice. Cause I'm clearly like really excited about the prospect of this. I'm, I'm intrigued. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Intrigued. See what happens. Same thing with IO in there. Oh, same right. thing. With, uh, oh, that, was, un- that with, uh, was unpleasant. <laughs> same thing, slightly off topic, but with uh, IO in their 007 game, though that is slightly more related because because um, they're the guys that do the uh, the Hitman games, and they just released Hitman Three, which is apparently super fucking great. Um, and I loved Hitman One and Two as well that they did recently. So I'm really excited to see what they do with James Bond. But anyways, going the back last to, great uh, games. Got- the last great James Bond game probably made was well after Gold, I was probably GoldenEye Reloaded, quite frankly, probably. Um, I like I like Nightfire and uh, Nightfire. Nightfire and was gnarly. I tried played. I tried to play everything or nothing, but then again, I hadn't really played a PlayStation game in a long time, so I was really not used to the controls, and I really got yeah. lost. I was like, I have uh, I have the From Russia with Love video game somewhere, but I haven't played it yet, and I I think. I've never sure. played it, but I've heard it was terrible. Like even at that time. <laughs> yeah, I've heard mixed things about it, but I, I think I I think I got it at a, a Dimple Records closing sale. Uh rest in peace, Dimple. Yeah. Uh, Sean Connery think... does the voice does the voice in that game though. So yeah, I mean, there's that. They brought him back for they brought him back for this. Yes, and, and so like that—that's the only reason that I picked it up because it's like uh, it's technically his final time playing Bond. <laughs> It was definitely a redemption for Never Say Never Again, in my opinion. <laughs> what the fuck was even that movie? Uh, let's not go there. <laughs> that's a that's frustrating even for Bond fans. But anyways, to but anyways, I want to go back to I want to go back to Jedi Fallen Order that because that was our original that was our original topic. That well, yeah, but but uh, I like the well. What I really like is the I is how you can explore area, how you can really explore planets and. Um, there's also you can find like items that you you can find like all these like historical kind of items and you really have to like up your game in terms of like how to come you, you have to utilize different strategies to fight certain enemy types. Um, I th- I think it's a great way to utilize um, you know how to utilize the force and lightsaber combat in general. I mean like the last great in my opinion the greatest. The, the best time I had with a Star Wars game was The Force Unleashed, at least the first one. I mean, the second one was all right, but it was nowhere near as great as the first one. But I'll, I'll it be felt honest, great Force, Unleashed, Force Unleashed 2 was fucking awful. I, I hated Force Unleashed 2, if I'm being honest. Anyways, go on. But no, that but the, no, that no, that's pretty much my point, though, was that's how I feel about the game. I'm, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way, too. Yeah, I, so, so actually, I... <laughs> Um, I, I want to say maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was two years ago. I can't remember, but I played Republic Commando for the first time because that's because that's backwards compatible on the um, on the Xbox, yeah, the Xbox console Xbox. now. And so that was and so that was my first time playing it. And despite being difficult, yeah, despite <laughs> despite being a first person shooter that came out in two thousand four, like I fucking fell in love with that game. And now, like I want I want to see a new Republic Commando game, like now with like modern FPS conventions and stuff like that. Well, maybe like not a so maybe not a maybe not a new Republic Commando game, but you can definitely get that kind of like first person kind of shooter again. Because that was like one of the 
That was well, like I, well, I want, well, well, I want Republic person. Commando because I feel like I feel like putting it in the Clone Wars and like you know with the clone troopers, especially like getting D. Bradley Baker back, you know, to do the clone voices. Like I, I feel like that's just so. There's so much material that you can work with and make you know a really good shooter with a really quality shooter mm-hmm. with. But um, and then of course I want a Rogue Squadron reboot as I've mentioned various times in this podcast. But uh, you know, rest in peace, Factor Five Studios. Um, oh, they were Jedi, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Je- uh, Jedi Fallen Order, though, because let, let's let's talk about modern Star Wars games that actually that actually are good. Because so so you, Eric, you talked a lot about the exploration, and I feel like I have to force you to play Metroid at this point because literally, um, when I was playing through Jedi Fallen Order, literally, I'm exploring these planets, and I'm like, wow, this is a this is literally a Metro Metroid. And and if you look in the if you look at the behind the scenes documentaries, like they literally describe this as like a metroidvania type of game so it's like so like the parallels like were intended to be there it's not just and i have a switch too, so there. there's no excuse <laughs> yeah you yeah pay pay the overpriced online and go play super metroid damn it but <laughs> oh my God. But, but no like the but no like um the exploration i don't think i don't think it's perfect i do think that the um i do think that fast travel could have been handled better by simply implementing like different landing sites because there's only one landing site per planet i think if you put like different landing sites throughout the planet that would have instantly like solved the fast travel issue. that would have definitely made it easier to navigate back and yeah. forth because because you have to find your way all the way back to the main place where you landed and it, it just i got so yeah, it, frustrated that yeah it can be a pain it can be a real pain in the ass sometimes especially especially if you're like going back into the area to find like optional stuff you know to fully 100 percent your to fully you know 100 percent your um collection rate mm-hmm. but yeah like there, there there's like small bumps here and there but overall like the game is just is just absolutely phenomenal um i love the character interactions and the overall story i think it really comes to head and kind, kind of also going it going into metroid you know it also involves um an extinct technologically advanced species that happens to be at the, um, at the center of the story. So there's another pair, another funny parallel there, but yeah. Just oh the yeah. Way... Well, you don't want to, you don't want to go too far into that because again, I'm, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to talk about, about them, but just, yeah. Cause they're, they're introduced pretty early on in the game too, but, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, the, the combat, that's actually one thing I do disagree with you on, though, is the combat. I like the combat, but the I think the problem that I had there is as you unlock more moves, I don't feel like a lot of the lightsaber-specific moves were very useful in my arsenal. I felt like the most useful thing was to do either basic light attacks or basic heavy attacks. And, and it sucks because some of the stuff that you can do look really cool. Like, there's this one move where, you know, after you unlock the double-bladed lightsaber, where, you know... You could you'll do this combo where you swing with your single blade and then you'll like activate the double the double blade and like continue your combo and it looks so smooth and like you can tell that the animation team like really tr- did their best to try and make it look so natural like you know that's one mm. of the problems I have with the Arkham games is like the combat feels nice but the animation you know it cuts into each other and it doesn't and the animations don't flow into each other natural the animations in this game are gorgeous which is pretty incredible to considering the amount of control you have over like, you know, over the movement and stuff like that. But the problem I have is that you can't use a, a lot of these combos just aren't useful to use. And I'm kind of hoping if, if there is a sequel, if respawn does make a sequel to this game, I hope that they make those combos, 
you know, more useful outside of very niche circumstances. Because, I mean, they look cool and, you know, I'm a Jedi. I want to look cool, you know, doing cool lightsaber shit, you know? Well, I think the idea is they wanted to stray away from button mashing. They really wanted you to well, well, I'm really... Not Oh, button matching. I'm talking about like but specific button combos that would do like it's, oh, it's right. kind well, of yeah, yeah. a fighting game in that sense, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but the point. Well, the point is again, they really wanted you to really strategize of how to fight certain enemies, and that's well, I how. I don't really. Well, I don't really think that's relevant to button ma- button mashing. Like I like I think you can have like like I think you can have like more intricate combos implemented, you know, mm-hmm. without ruining like the button mash you know, without ruining the button mashing mentality. Cause like, cause right. again, it all, it, it really, what it, what it all comes down to essentially is, you know, is parrying and timing. That's like the core mechanic of this game and the parrying stuff works really well. I especially love how they handle uh, reflecting back, uh, reflecting black, the bastard, the blaster bolts. I think that mm-hmm. that's a really cool key mechanic. How, if you just hold your lightsaber up, you'll reflect it up randomly. However, if you actually, However, if you actually hold the parry button when your lightsaber touches the bolt, you'll reflect it back at the enemy. Like that, that alone is like such a cool mechanic. And it feels good every it's time you nice do it. Like it never gets old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, the whole the whole game is just an absolute blast to play through. You know, despite the small hitches that it has, I I'd still give it a nine out of ten. I think it's an absolute must play for any Star Wars fan and even non-Star Wars fans. It's just a fun game in general. And because the story is so self-contained, kind of its own world with like, you know, some very occasional outsider reference, I think it's something that pretty much any any fan of gaming can enjoy regardless how invested they are into the Star Wars lore. Well, I will say, um, no spoilers, as you, uh, of course, but Jeff, you will really like the end boss fight. I'll take your word on it. There's also and there's Reese, also a Reese knows also, exactly what I'm talking about too. <laughs> so the the moment that impacted me wasn't the very end of that game. It was just before that. There's a flashback sequence that I'm not going to talk about because it's oh, very. There's a really fla- there's a flashback sequence that, you know the the game the game is pretty, you know it's it has a pretty consistent tone, but then there's this flashback sequence that happens and it just it gets a lot darker than I was expecting. Like, uh-huh. um, and they, uh, and, and the way, and the way they, um, the point of view that they give you as well. Cause like they, I feel like it wouldn't have been anywhere near as effective if they just gave you like a random, like third person point of view, but they actually specifically changed. They actually specifically changed the perspective so that you are in a particular character's point of view that I'm not going to spoil. And I think that oh, yeah. made, and I think that made the whole scene far more effective. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was that was the moment that like really impacted me, at least in terms of the story. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you too. This I, I I I thoroughly enjoyed the game. My only regret is that I didn't is that I rushed through it too fast because my internet was down and I did <laughs> not pretty much did not do anything. Could not play for the rest. Of, I just went straight back to Death Stranding. <laughs> but um but yeah i really enjoyed playing that game and i when i go back to playing new game plus i will definitely take my time with this but uh, so was you, what's the other... it's also it, well it's also funny because respawn um they're known for doing you know first person shooters so like typically so like at e, so right now they're owned by ea they did the um the titanfall games and they're also currently working on apex since that's an ongoing game 
That's what they're known mm-hmm. for right now. And before that, uh, Vince Sampella, who's the leader of Respawn, uh, he worked at Infinity Ward doing uh, Call of Duty up until Modern oh, Warfare. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And and here and here's the best part. So before then, before. Uh, before they worked on Call of Duty, because they've been working since the original Call of Duty before they left after Modern Warfare 2. But before mm. that, believe it or not, they were actually working at EA doing uh, doing uh, the Medal of Honor series. They basically they oh, basically created okay. Medal of Honor. And right now they are working on a uh, VR Medal of Honor game. So it's funny how, you know, Vince Sampella has kind I of gone just full circle. Around. Yeah, just throughout his um throughout his career, I just think that's I just pretty think that's, cool. that's pretty nice. That's pretty neat. Yeah, actually, it's actually awesome because I I fucking miss Medal of Honor because I I okay. grew I grew up with those games. Yeah. Oh my god. The yeah. Last, Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor game was kind of shit, to be honest, from what I hear. Dude, uh, yeah. uh Medal of Honor Frontline. I I yeah. Oh my god, I love Frontline. I and played the fuck out of that game. But by the way, uh, soundtrack done by Michael Giacchino, who's now yes. like world-renowned. Uh, composer fucking phenomenal soundtrack i saw i saw a comment speaking of michael giacchino i saw a comment on him that someone said that like he is scoring too many movies like he start his scores are starting to get a little stale or whatnot and they're starting to sound the same so someone had this thing that like they really hated the fact that he's going to be scoring bat uh the batman because they thought he it would just kind of sound too generic and whatnot um I mean, I'm included. I'm inclined to just see how it turns out first, but I mean, I, I I've never had a problem with this music in the slightest. I mean, I I thought his score. I thought his. I didn't. I don't really remember his score for Doctor Strange. I do remember his the suite he did for um, the, his Spider Man movies. Um, what I really loved his Spider Man scores were so forgettable. What I what I really loved were his Star Trek scores. Um, I mean, they're a little bit forgettable too, but they're bombastic. And the way he does the classic theme in the end credits of each uh, Kelvin timeline movie, I fucking just enjoyed. Um, but yeah, Michael Giacchino, I feel like is kind of a under is 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 a pretty great uh, composer for sure. Oddly enough, oddly enough, his score that I like the most is uh, is Rogue One, which is funny because that score was so I fucking. He rushed. did that movie. It's it's so I think it was I think it, the whole thing was composed and recorded in like three or four weeks. Like it was so rushed, but that's honestly like one of my favorite of like of like the Disney era Star Wars films. Like I like I'll, I can't remember outside of Ray's theme. I can't remember any original theme from like the um the sequel trilogy. And which then, is uh, so which is so disappointing. Like I I don't know if I don't know if uh, John Williams just didn't have it in him, or if he if he just felt that the material that he had just wasn't up to up to standard because dude his score for the prequels was amazing i know i mean i mean revenge of the sith is one of my favorite film soundtracks of all time absolutely and then um yeah the really the only disney era music that i think tops rogue one is you know um uh uh, goranson i can't remember his first name but uh he he did uh he did goranson for the mandalorian yeah, yeah, and he also he also worked on Black Panther as well, which I really like that original score too. He won the Oscar for Black Panther, right? Oh, I did he? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, don't he know. won the Oscar for that movie. That's the only Marvel movie, the MCU movie that's won an Oscar. I think they've all been nominated for other stuff, but like hmm. I think that's the first MCU movie to ever win an Oscar. And it was not even for special effects. Category. No, because there's always something better that came out. 
and which mm. is always bullshit because like I just want to point out in 2016 it should have been Star Trek Beyond that won the the I I remember the, I remember that so many people were pissed. Oh, that. because of this, the the visual effects and the makeup were so on point. It was original. It was new stuff. It was beautiful. And apparently Harley Quinn's makeup as much is Oscar worthy. Oh, oh, God. oh God. That's I, right. I'm, I'm trying to remember what, what actually won that year. <laughs> Fucking Suicide Squad. I say Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Say what you will about the rest of the DCU, but like Suicide Squad is the worst movie in that entire <laughs> franchise. Like, I think I think Reese and I I think Reese and I saw it together and no no we we didn't see it together I, I I specifically remember who I saw it with we didn't see it together okay because who the fuck I I know I saw it with someone and I I think I I didn't hate my, it my the, the first time broke, I saw it and... my girlfriend literally broke up with me the day after I vividly remember oh my that. god really. <laughs> Oh shit! That movie maybe, made it personal. Maybe because that, that movie, maybe that movie really hate. Maybe that movie made her hate you so much. Maybe she she know. didn't think it was as bad as I thought it was. Maybe oh I don't know. God, it's so horrible. Maybe we some kind of suicide squad. I hate that movie so much. Um, okay, going back to video games. Um, so there are. I think I, I have two that are my favorite of last year um so the first one is ghost of tsushima that was such a fantastic oh, treat oh what do you I want that I game want so, bad? so bad oh, once i get a ps5 dude. that's probably going to be one of the first games i buy because i dude, really who would have thought that an american studio based out of seattle would have made a better japanese game than the japanese um and that's and I'm not kidding. Like, because if the Japanese got a hold of it, they would have made it so anime esque or whatnot. This is like an o. Oh, this is like a love letter to samurai films. Akira Kurosawa. Uh, it is a. It's it, it talks. It has great themes about what what is the definition of honor, like and loyalty and whatnot. Uh, the, the Bushido, the samurai's code. It is brilliant. This the visuals of like feudal japan at least the island of Tsushima in 1274 is so breathtaking the voice acting is really great too and the combat i feel is just so rewarding especially the way i play it i am i remind me to share some of the pictures with you guys and the game looks even better once you play it on ps5 and which leads to my next uh favorite video game that i played um so no one i've never officially i've only shared this with people who are all close friends because i don't want my mom and my brother to find out but fuck it i bought a ps5 i was one of the lucky people to actually get one last year i pre-ordered it through sony's like um sony had a special like uh invite only event where you could pre-order one and i was you so, actually got so the invite event pre-order wow the fact that i was able that the fact so i registered for that and i didn't think i was going to get it the fact that they sent me an invite link for my own special url link to buy a ps5 along with a copy of the game i'm about to talk about was so oh was i know what this is going was tremendous and so the fact that i could play spider-man miles morales um what on a ps5 and not a ps4 was so much better because the game is designed for the ps5 and i have to say um so i do think it's i i like where i like how it separates its or differentiates itself from the ps4 remastered from the ps4 game by the way 
I, I I bought the so the version I bought was the Ultimate Launch Edition, and it came with the digital copy of the remastered edition of Spider Man PS4. Um, and that game fucking looks astounding too. I know I know a lot of people. Here's my unpopular opinion. I do not mind the new Peter Parker's face. I just don't <laughs> care. <laughs> but um, but but going back to Miles, um, I like I really like the new combat. I really like how the combat system differentiates itself. Like you could definitely tell there's a different. Like you can tell just how different Miles's like web swinging mechanic is compared to Peter's. The story's pretty great um not as good not as good as the first one um it's very the plot's almost i would actually say the plot's almost similar you have very have there's a corporate asshole and like there's someone who wants to take him down because they have a personal beef with against them for something wrong that they did to them in the past um but and they also have a personal attachment to uh spider-man themselves but yeah this great this game was everything i wanted in a miles game and more and like and the graphics wise I'm so it looks so great on the PS5. Like, I'll, can I also mention there are almost like zero load times on there? Like, if to fast travel, there's no loading screen. It just takes you straight to the location. Like one fade to black and then fade to screen. Beautiful. Like everything I wanted in a Spider-Man game, at least for. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad. The new, despite how expensive it is, I'm so glad the new consoles are finally utilizing uh, solid state drives. Like, it's good. Like that is. That honestly means a lot more to me than even like the the uh, solid state drive is apparently more powerful than a hard drive, right? Well, solid state drives are well, they're they're more durable, so they they theoretically are supposed to last longer. But more importantly, like they're faster. Like a they they oh they, yeah, they, they, can, I, tra- they can transfer information so mm-hmm. much faster than you know your standard um your standard uh hard drive. And like obviously, like you know, it shows and like the game, like the games you play, like even playing a backwards compatible title on my Series X, you know, like replaying a game on the Series X and seeing how it loads versus how it loads on the standard Xbox One, like oh my god, it's night and day. There's still a loading screen with uh, the PS4 games, but it's not as it's not as long as it used to be. I will say. By the way, when you play Ghost of Tsushima on PS5 it you it's like night and day almost like it's it 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 runs at a much higher resolution and so it feels like i'm it feels like it feels like i'm watching like a play as i'm playing the game you know like that's how that's how it feels like it it is that the frame rate's also the frame rate's also at like 60 fps too right yeah it is much higher than the ps4 pro um which is the current ps4 that i have but yeah, man, this game fucking looks astounding. Um, on Actually, speaking of which, going off topic, but uh, Jedi Fallen Order also just got um, uh, an update to that game as well that boosts the performance on the new console. So when you oh, do, does it really? when you do I replay, yeah, 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 make sure to make sure to download that update first because I believe, um, I believe for both it does both uh, performance mode and uh, quality mode updates as well. So regardless if you prefer, you know, four K thirty or ten. Or 1080p 60. It's I think it's actually now like 1260 for the performance mm-hmm. mode on PS4, if I remember correctly. But yeah, whichever you prefer. Like the improvements are substantial. I think there's loading time improvements as well, and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, download that update first. I I definitely will have to check it out in that regard. But Jeff, you got any favorite games of 2020? Oh man, 
to be fair, I since I, I've been talking to you, you don't really play a lot of games as you used to, but that's. Just I mean, I yeah, I mean, I. I mean, I I love video games, but I pretty much just. I don't really pick up and play what's popular, uh, quote unquote. I just, I just kind of catch something or I, I take, I try to play something that just catches my interest and no matter the console, because I mean, most of 2020, I, I played PS2, if I'm being real. It's all right. I, I actually, hey, PS2 is a great console. PS2 as well. Yeah. Well, cause it is, it, cause it is. And there's some great games. I mean, I it's mean, I didn't buy a lot of. Time. I didn't. Uh, most of the games I played were all like uh, replays. I mean, the only two new. I mean, so the new games I bought this year, uh, last year. So I did play the Avengers game. I actually surprisingly did not hate it. I actually liked it. It wasn't as bad as everyone said, but it could have been a lot There's better. There's a plot twist. <laughs> um, I did. I actually. 2020 was the year I finally started playing Red Dead Redemption 2, by the way. Um, that game is going to take a while, for sure. Oh, um, yeah. I've had that for well, over a year, and I'm like... And 2020 is the year I stopped playing GTA 5, because I'm like, I've got to like put that game down. That game's addictive as shit. Yeah, I, I used to play the shit out of GTA 5, but, you know, I got turned off it by, you know, all the... Like, that, ridiculous the online mode just got stuff. so ridiculous after a while. Yeah, it's... Like, it's it's too it, yeah it's that's become saints row essentially almost i know yeah it's just it's too much and then on top of that you got the microtransaction stuff and it's just like you know this is i'm I'm done with this yeah i've i've, I've kind of phased gta 5 out uh I've, at this point i'm i'm just waiting for G, uh, gta 6 i'll probably fuck that's ever i'll probably replay the campaign again once the um next gen update is coming because i mean because they, they did announce like there's going to be a ps5 and series x update coming which i'm hope i'm hoping there's a 60 fps frame rate increase because right now I mean, that's pretty sure there will be yeah. i mean like i as much it's as so, i i do overall so, like gta 5 i'm so fucking sick of of them milking this one game because this game has been out since 20 fucking 13 it's the new skyrim <laughs> yeah yeah it's, yes skyrim 2 and because it's like because I just I just don't like the idea of one game being uh being re-released on various console generations like j- just for the sake of of milking it. Yeah. Even if Well, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, it's it's a I mean, it's a top 10 seller both physically and digital every year, so I mean, that's it, it why, is. It why is. They're like that's it, that, it's impossible to deny, but it's I mean, it, Yeah, I feel yeah. It's it's really frustrating. It's like because how do you saw so, like how do you combat it? Like because the only really the only way you can combat stuff like this is by is with your wallet. But clearly, that doesn't work because I mean, despite Everyone the game else being, doing it, <laughs> I mean the game. Yeah. I mean in two in two <clears throat> excuse me in two years the game is going to be a decade old. Believe it or not. So yeah, nuts to even and, think about. Yeah, and despite that, it's still like you know topping sales charts more than a lot of new releases even today, and that's just and that's just the base sale. That doesn't even include again like all the ridiculous microtransactions, like the shark cards and all that bullshit. That's like a I'll whole be other revenue stream. I've been a few of those shark cards. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not, but I mean, a ton of people are. They're making Rockstar a lot of profit. 
Yeah. Unfortunately. I've, I, I've been, I wish they were guilty of that. Um, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of what I like about Rockstar is that whenever they don't give a fuck about their men, they don't give a fuck, but which is great. Well, I mean, like, like what I like about Rockstar is that whenever they actually have a new game coming out, it's a fucking event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But I think I think that's more because just they don't really release uh, games that often. Like, it's not like you know, it's not like Call of Duty or like Assassin's Creed where it's like it's. You know, you're expecting it because it's a yearly release. Well, they take their time with their development. I mean, that's looking yeah, at like, it, like, they, like yeah, they, they basically they they release they release the game when it's fucking done, which I wish more which I wish more studios would do. I mean, that's proof alone would be Red Cyberpunk. Dead Redemption. Yeah, I know. <laughs> proof alone would be Red Dead Redemption too, because when I play that game, it is one of the most gorgeous things I have ever witnessed and ever looked at. Also. The one thing I'm sorry. The one thing I will never shut up about is just how realistic the horse's genitalia are. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm that was just, the first thing I, you checked, Eric. Don't don't lie to us. It was actually the first thing I checked. I'm just I'm so blown away. Let me check I, like, that horse dick. I, because I'm like, because you come on. When was the last time you ever saw a horse dick in any other game? For God's sakes, I didn't. I can't say, Eric. That. I haven't been checking. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, no, fucking like that's a, but that and that's getting clipped. Con- <laughs> this game is considered like modern art. Like this is high class art. This is beautiful. Like Horstic alone, this game. I mean, like the scenery is gorgeous. Uh, like the, the like the character, the, dicks are gorgeous. Are, the tech, everything. Yeah, they're nice <laughs> and phallic. Oh god damn it! <laughs> I knew you guys threw that in, but no. But all can aside, like the game is beautifully breathtaking, like visually. Um, and like there's so much you can do in the game, too, which is a lot of fun that I'm I'm still only within like maybe the first two acts or three acts. And I know there's more than that. So I, I barely still scratch the surface of that game. And, and like I've even I, and I, this is someone who's trying to play the Shenmue games for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's that series is gonna take me that, that first game alone is gonna take me at least a year to play. I feel like, um, I've never played Shenmue, but I've seen it online. It's 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 something, all right. <laughs> well, it was definitely revolutionary for the time for sure. Um, I mean, speaking of speaking of experiences, I really want to touch upon this because I know Reese, you wanted to touch upon it. And, Jeff, I know you and I have talked about it. To, well, I, to well I still, have, I, I still have more games that I want to talk about. So, do you, do you, do you want to go into this first, or do you want to keep talking about games? Well, I mean, well, I kind of, I really want to get into that, but sure. But what, what were the other games you wanted to talk about? Because I really, I really want to get to that other topic. All right, I'll try to, I'll try to make it real quick. So, there's two, there's two other games I want to talk about. First off, I just got to give a shout out to uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One Plus Two, uh, which is my. <laughs> Which in terms of which in terms of 2020 releases is no joke my runner up for game of the year because holy shit that that is like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One Plus Two is one of if not the best remakes I've ever played in my life. It's really that good. If you here's the thing if you love if you loved like the classic Tony Hawk games this is an absolute must buy right now especially because it's not even full price like the game at default is forty dollars and you can usually find it on sale for even less than that so it's like you you absolutely must. Absolutely do they keep do they keep do they keep all the songs? 
all here's so here's the thing apparently there are some songs missing but honestly so the, the one song that i thought they that i did think they cut i found in the game so all the songs that i give a shit at least about are in are in the game still so. as long as they kept one song in there that i really so there's one song i remember from tony hawk that i fucking um, one or two but i forget which one but um there's one song i really love and it's this if anyone can hear this Yep, that's in the game. That's in the game. Yeah, I can't wait to tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, Eric, that's in the game. You're you're good. Is oh, uh is uh is uh Power Man five thousand in there? Yes, Power Man's in the game. That good. he's in the game. <laughs> good. That's all yeah, I care about. Tony Hawk had surprisingly had some really good music, dude. I remember because his nineties is fuck. Well. Dude, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is unironically, like, that is, like, a pivotal moment in, like, because obviously, like, I'm a music major today, like, you know, music is, like, that's, like, my life, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is, like, unironically, like, a pivotal moment in, like, forging well, the one path thing, towards that. The one thing I don't like that's not there anymore is that you can't play as Darth Maul anymore, you can't play as Spider-Man yeah. anymore, and you can't play as Wolverine anymore. Oh, <laughs> <damn it. laughs> that's i mean that's unfortunate but like i mean like i also get that like that's an absolute like licensing nightmare like i I totally get that and it was a different time back then well plus like in in both cases you would have to deal with disney and you just you don't want to do that i mean i mean activision is just as shitty of a corporation as disney frankly so i don't that's true (laughs) it's true yeah activision was pretty horrible i mean like when activision owned all the marvel like licenses for gaming like that's when some of the worst like games came out. I mean, there are still some great games that came out of it, but I was really happy when like Marvels did their game, did games outside of it. Cause then we got Insomniac and Spider-Man PS4 and that game's like one of the greatest superhero games I have ever played. Um, and one of the best video games I've ever played in general. So I'm happy that Activision no longer has the reins for that. Yeah. But anyways, I don't want to talk about Tony Hawk for too long just because I feel like that's self-explanatory. Like, yeah, no shit. Of course, yeah. everyone loves Tony Hawk. There's, the a, there's a smaller game, smaller game that I really want to talk about. And this is this ended up being my second favorite game that I played this year. This didn't actually come out in 2020. I think this came out in 2014. It's called Murdered Soul Suspect. And I was about to um, say, if you're going to say Among Us, I was going to leave this call. <laughs> that came, that came out two years ago, not in 2014. Okay. So, Among Us is fun, but that's not my second favorite game of the year, uh, Murdered Soul Suspect. So the way I can describe this game, the way I can describe this game, basically, uh, you play uh, you play as a, as a detective Ronan, and uh, his ass just got murdered. His ass just got fucking murdered. Hey, what do you know? That's the title of the game. You you'd think murder is probably involved. But he's he's um he's off to he is he is on a case looking for uh what is called the Bell Killer. This is a serial killer that has been, uh you know, killing all these victims, and he is the detective on the case. He finds the Bell Killer. They get in a fight, and he is shot, and he's dead. But he doesn't die. He's trapped in the state of purgatory between life and death, where he can still interact huh. with portions okay. of, the, of the living world, and he's and throughout the game throughout the game basically you you figure out early on that the reason you haven't died yet is because you haven't fulfilled your your purpose you 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 know he he isn't complete and he realizes in order to finally achieve salvation he has to finish his case and so that's basically the premise of the game is to solve the case of the bell killer and basically find out who murdered you and 
that's all I'm going to say without giving away any spoilers. The game you can usually find for dirt cheap. I bought it for like six dollars, and I was fucking floored. It's a really short. Where can experience you play the game? Uh, it's on. It's on pretty much all consoles: uh, Xbox, okay. PlayStation, PC. So yeah, I think I think Nintendo Switch is like the only one you can't play it on. But yeah, otherwise mm. it's available everywhere. And okay. then um yeah, and it's a, and it's a real short experience experience too. So you don't have to worry about like slaving away hours i think i think the single player is like a short five or five or six hour kind of deal and you know a lot of people take their game length seriously i think it all depends on what the game is and i think for this game i think it really suits that runtime it's a you know it's a great budget title to buy and i was incredibly satisfied with it it's kind of it's kind of like a telltale game in that uh in its gameplay style where you know you're primarily you know you're primarily um advancing the plot through like dialogue trees and options and stuff like that or like uh, or like a life is strange kind of game or a dot nod game if you've ever played something like that before it's kind of similar to that and so if if you're into those kind of games if you're into those kind of like you know dialogue dialogue heavy games where you're kind of doing that there's also some minor detective work and even some minor combat sections but i don't really want to go too much into that because that's not really the main point of the game but if you're into those kinds of games, uh, you'll definitely love Murdered Soul Suspect. And if you're not, at least watch a walkthrough on YouTube because I thought the story was really fantastic. And by the end, like my jaw, the, when they finally dropped the final plot twist, I mean, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, what the fuck? I, th- I thought I knew where it was going. I didn't think it was going to go there. But anyways, that's all, I'll, that's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, we can go on to your topic now, Eric. Oh, okay. All right. Well... Honestly, though, actually, you kind of have me intrigued by that kind of game because I like the ideas of I like the idea of loan of like in order to move on, you know, you have to complete um, you have to complete what you had. Basically, it's in order to move on, you need to complete what you have to do first. I like those kind. Of, I actually like those kind of ideas for stories because like, um, yeah, it's essentially, a, a, lot it's essentially a supernatural detective thriller where hmm. uh, the game the gameplay is essentially you solving solving clues and puzzles to um, advance through the story. That's essentially the best summary I can give of the game. Okay. No, I, I'm actually kind of, if I can find it, I'll, I might. I'll probably take a look and see what it looks like on, face, on um, YouTube first before I play it. But. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. That is part three of the re-special. And that means there is one more part left to go and um i don't exactly remember how um what we discussed in that last part i think i do know but what i know for certain is how it ends and so i can't wait for you guys to hear the final part of the re-special and it's definitely very memorable (laughs) to say the least so um thank you all everybody for uh listening to today's saturday special um be sure to uh, follow the show on a tnap cast at instagram that's t-n-a-a-p-c-a-s-t of course follow the show or subscribe to the show on youtube uh be sure to like and comment on all the videos there be sure to give us suggestions um and be sure to listen to the show on apple and spotify those are the only platforms aside from youtube um that uh, the show is available on at the moment Aside from maybe one other site, I do not remember. But, um, yeah, so that's going to be it for this Saturday special. And we'll be back with another fine um, Friday episode as usual. And, of course, we have part four, the finale, coming soon. So, 
Uh, everyone, stay shiny. Have a good one. Next level. Next level. Next level. Next level. Next level.